Hi, this is Wendy Steinberg, your caffeinated college coach. Today, I have Louisa Maroney, and she is a health coach. She has created a very successful program inspired by her own 140 plus weight loss. And um, so get comfy, get your coffee. Uh Because she's really going to inspire you. And, you know, by the end of this time of of being with her, you're going to believe in yourself a whole lot more and be ready to take some great action. So thank you so much for being with us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you you develop this very successful business? Well, okay. Well, we'll have to go back in time eight years ago when I was... I weighed 315 pounds. Uh, I am 5'8", you know, so that's still a lot of weight. I was over 300 pounds. And um, my journey really, I I think everybody kind of has to hit uh, rock bottom or have that aha moment, right? Change doesn't come unless we're ready for it. And I think that most people are ready for change when they've done something has happened. So, you know, 315 pounds, I start having hip problems. I can't walk well. I got to start walking with a cane. I'm diagnosed with arthritis in the right hip. And of course, well, you're too young to get operated on and you're too big. You need to lose weight before we even think about, you know, performing surgery. Okay. So of course, my doctor and I, we have a plan. I'm going to lose some weight. And in a year's time, she's, when I go in for my checkup, she's going to tell me, yep, you're okay to go. So, um, of course, every year that I went in, it was like, Louisa, somehow, instead of losing 15, 20 pounds, you've gained 30, right? So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, doc. I'm trying, I'm trying, right? Because we all, I don't know about you, Wendy, but I have tried just about every program out there with some success, with some success, right? But it's not long term and I could never stick to it because I suffered from starvation, (laughs) right? Um, Because most um, programs out there tell you to cut the fat and cut the calories. It's also what most doctors tell us to do, right? So uh, every year I continued to gain more weight. Now, the big moment where I finally thought I've got to do something Mm -hmm. is when I walked in again, limping, using a cane. And, you know, Dr. Rosen says, okay, So you've gained an additional 15 pounds this year. You can't get the surgery. And now I have been warning you over the last few years because you were pre-diabetic. You're now a full-blown diabetic and we're putting you on medication. So I was just like, what have I done to myself? Right, right. You know, what have I? And you would think I would know better because I'm surrounded by diabetics in my family, right? But I don't know about you, Wendy. Do you ever think, well, it's not going to happen to me? All the time. (laughs) I am four foot 11 and I have to lose a hundred pounds and mm -hmm. I've lost and gained it. I I don't even know, (laughs) you know, and yeah, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think in my head, I have all the time in the world. Yeah. It won't happen to me. Mm -hmm. I'm a rock star. Mm -hmm. You know what? As you hit different milestones, like 30, 40, I turned 50 next month. Oh, you know what? I, I, when you say about your hips and your joints, yeah, I mean, I'm like guilty. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 
you know, just think about it, right? Uh, what was it going to take for me? My fa- my late father and my late father-in-law were both diabetics. I'm married to a diabetic. He, he was diagnosed when I was pregnant with my first child 24 years ago. Okay. So surrounded by all these diabetics, dad, both dad, my late dad and my late father-in-law passed away from complications. So my dad was on um, kidney uh, dialysis at the end. So you would think that that would do it, right? Yeah. You would think. Right. No, 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 it didn't. No, no. And so finally, when it happened to me and I'm told now you're going on medication, I was just like, this is the beginning of the end for me. Yeah. I don't know if you know any diabetics, but you typically go on one medication, mm-hmm. but then you gradually, well, that medication's helping you with your diabetes, but it's hurting your kidneys. So now you need this medication to help with your kidney. Oh, and now you have the high blood pressure because these two pills are causing the high blood pressure. And by the way, the high blood pressure pills causing this. So now we got to, anyway, most people who begin on any sort of drug or medication, whether it be for type two or something else typically by end of life are on a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just no way around that. So I did what the doctor said. She's a fantastic doctor. I love her. And she says, we're sending you to the diabetic nutritionist. All right. I follow the typical uh, program that a practitioner or a registered dietitian would give you. Unfortunately for us, and I'm in Canada, you're in the U S Mm-hmm. Uh, both countries follow the food guide, a very similar food guide. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, um, the food guide is wrong. I'm going to say it again. The food guide that North Americans follow is not good. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy on the exact foods that are making us ill. So I'll go into that later. Okay. Um, and it's because, um, uh, it's because of carbohydrates, we as a country, as, as a nation, especially North Americans, eat more carbohydrates than our bodies can process. And that's why there are high rates of uh, heart disease, which is number one killer, and type 2 diabetes. That's why there, and, and I, can, I can be in a grocery store, and I'm like a doctor, right? I'm like, oh gosh, she's got bloating. Oh, she's got inflammation. <gasps> she's eating. Good Lord, how many carbs must she be eating? I now can actually... And I'm not a registered medical profession, professional, but man, have I learned a lot in eight years since that journey began. So to backtrack, I went to the dietitian. I followed what they told me, which was cut your fat, cut your calories. I was eating my lunch at 10 o'clock. I don't know if you've done that before, right? Yeah. I, I lay my head, you know, I lay my head every night. Don't you have the best intentions when you go to sleep? Yes. Don't you plan your day? Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. So, th- yeah. So there I go drifting off to sleep and I'm, okay, I'm going to have my oatmeal and my banana. As soon as I wake up, you know, eight o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning, I'm going to have my mid morning snack of an oatmeal cookie with, you know, coffee, coffee <laughs> and mm-hmm. some skim milk in it and, you know, no sugar. And then my lunch is going to be, you know, uh, broiled chicken with um, boiled rice and no fat in it. You know, well, you know what? That went out the door by 10 o'clock. Yeah. I ate everything by 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what was happening. I wasn't losing the weight and I was ravenous by 12. Yeah. So guess what I do at work? Oh, I got to go run an errand. I'll be right back. Cause they saw me eat all that food. 
And then I would go to McDonald's or, or some other drive through and I'd scarf down two or three burgers with fries, with milkshake, with apple pies, mm-hmm. right? Because all of my good intentions were thrown out the door because I was hungry. Yeah. And most parog- and I don't use the word D-I-E-T. Because for me, that word makes me shudder Mm -hmm. because you go on one, that means you're going off one. Right, right. Just the word itself. We're going to put you on a diet. Mm -hmm. So if you're going on a diet, you're going off at some point, aren't you? Yes. So that already, I'm telling you, it's not our fault, Wendy, Mm -hmm. that we gain weight or we can't shed it. Society. It's our social norms. You're going to go on a diet. So then what happens when you go off it? What happens? You've been successful, I'm sure, in a diet or two. Yes. But then you decide to go off it. Right. Exactly. You feel confident. You think you're done. (laughs) Yeah. And then you've already given away all your fat clothes. You got to go. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle. And we've all been in that cycle. But again, what I learned. So this didn't work for me. It didn't work. I did it for the first few months and I back to square one. I said, no, I can't do it. So unbeknownst to my doctor, I start researching, you know, because the internet, right? Okay. Reverse diabetes. I don't want to be a diabetic. How do I get it? I was focused for two things. I did need to lose weight, but what I want to say is it's not the weight loss, Wendy. Mm -hmm. The journey is to just have better health. Right. right. It's to be healthier. I will never be a thin woman. I won't. It's not me. Right. But I accept that about myself and I don't have a desire to be this thin woman. I'm not a supermodel, but I do want to feel better. And I do want to look nice in some clothes. You know, right. I'm a bit vain. I am a bit vain. Yes. Okay. So, but I acknowledge I'm not going to be a thin person, but I want to be healthy. So when I started Googling and then realizing that as I was reading, keto kept coming up, keto, low carb, eat lower carb foods. And then I just, I became like a mad scientist. I used my body as an experiment and I have amassed so much knowledge over eight years. I I'm like a walking encyclopedia of carbs. How many carbs in a food, you know, my clients will just text me and say, I'm about to eat this. And no, don't touch it. It's too many carbs, right? Um, I, also, I also always offer an alternative, right? If they, want, if they want to eat a particular food that's high, I'll say, you know what? Here's the alternative to that. To that. It mimics the taste, right? So I did, I, I, I thought to myself, let me try this low carb keto lifestyle. Um, and, it, and it kept pointing in the right direction that I could actually decrease the amount of medications I'm taking and lose weight at the same time. So I can get my surgery for my hip. Right. Right. Okay. Let's do it within the first year. uh, So I I'm going to tell you how my visit to my doctor unfolded a year after I go into this keto lifestyle, I walk in and you can see I've lost weight. Yeah. And I'm still limping though, because I haven't had my surgery yet. Sit down. And she says, Oh my God, you look great. Can't wait to weigh you. I had dropped in a year, 50 pounds, 50 pounds. And then we looked at my results at, you know, blood test, urine test. Right. right? right. And I can read one like a doctor now, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure. I, because in Canada, we get our report. We can um, log in and get the report. 
And I went through it. I went through it with a fine tooth comb. I looked up every single item on there, every single category. So she says, first of all, she zeroes in on my blood sugars because I'm a type two. She says, Louisa, oh my God, bang on. Your blood sugars are normal. I am amazed by what you've managed to do. We're taking you off metformin. Metformin is the typical um, medication given to a type, a beginner. Uh And I said, you know what, doc? I said, uh, yeah, I took myself off medication six months ago because I was pricking my finger and I was realizing I don't need, I soon, you know, soon thereafter, as I started to realize that I, I, I did say, let me take myself off the medication, medication to see if I can do this now without it. And my blood sugars never wavered. Um, they, in, in, uh, in Canada, they were between four and six milligrams. Sorry, this is um, not imperial system. It's the um, right uh, kilos, you know, we, in Canada, right, right. we do like Europeans, but people can look that up. Nonetheless, they were absolutely where a normal person's blood sugar should be. Right. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me and she says, you, I'm so happy you went to the dietitian. And I said, yeah, well, let me tell you something I did for the first couple of months. And then I bailed. And I've been doing keto and low carb. And she was horrified. Why? Because the medical professionals. Okay. So this is going to be a little, okay. So in both our countries, as well as others like Australia, New Zealand, most other countries with the, uh, the medical professionals are all regulated by the government. Okay. They have to follow the food guide in the country in which they operate. Okay. They would be disbarred. A medical professional would be kicked out of its, their profession were they to uh, prescribe a way of eating that does not um, follow the oh. government guidelines. Okay. okay. So most physicians as well only get one day of classroom about nutrition mm-hmm. throughout their whole education. Okay. So, and mostly what they're taught in that one day is anybody who presents with any issue Tell them to get off the fat, decrease the amount of fat they're eating, and decrease their calories. That's all they're ever ta- taught. Okay. So, and of course, you know, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's funny too because Dr. Rosen's Jewish, and so I was eating enormous quantities of bacon, and she was horrified by that. And you know, she because keto, yes, you know, there's the misconception that it's all about the meat and the bacon and the pork and the beef and the chicken, and yes, yes, but. I also have clients who are vegans and pescatarians, right? Yes. A lifestyle can be adapted to anyone's preference. Yeah. Because it's all about knowledge and, and, you know, and understanding what happens when our body is given foods that are harming it. Mm -hmm. So this takes me to the point where then she was worried when I said, well, I've been eating, you know, uh, roast beef and I'm eating this and, you know, there's a hefty amount of vegetables. I'm just choosing lower carb vegetables. So the principles of the keto low carb lifestyle is um, protein and uh, vegetables and fruit, but you choose. Okay. So protein has no carbs in it. So meat, no carbs, fish, no carbs in it fats, but we eat good fat like butter, cream, olive oil, coconut oil, coconut cream, avocado oil. Those are the, those are the fats that we uh, put in our bodies and those are all good fat, right? So we stay away from corn oil, vegetable oil, 
you know, um, manufactured oil, like even margarine, for example, pick up a container of margarine. I'm going to challenge your listeners and pick up a brick of butter. And then I want you to look at the ingredients. Butter will have one or two ingredients. Well, it's milk. It's made of milk, right? Butter should have one to two ingredients. Whereas margarine, which is made from um, oil and it's whipped and it's made to look like butter isn't right. So there's my challenge. But so the premise of the keto low carb lifestyle is eating good proteins, you know, chicken, and you don't have to eat the pork, not at all. Right. Um, And, or fish and also lower carb vegetables. Like for example, a medium potato has 33 grams of sugar in it. Right. Yes. 33 grams of sugar. Yeah. Yep. Um, A cup of brown rice, because you know how we're told brown rice uh, has, uh, is better for us than white rice. Guess what? It has high, it has more sugar in it than white rice. Yes. So one cup of brown rice has 48 grams of sugar in it. A medium potato has 33 grams of sugar in it. A sweet potato has 23 grams. Well, listen to the word sweet potato has 23 grams of sugar in it. So my alternative, eat a whole head of cauliflower Mm -hmm. and baked with butter all over it and olive oil and, and spices, bake it in the oven with cream. If you want one whole head of cauliflower is nine grams of sugar. Wow. Right. Or if you want a baked potato, get this bake radishes. I've only ever used radishes in salad raw. Right. Who knew that you could bake radishes, slather them in some olive oil or butter or coconut oil, put your spices, salt, pepper, whatever like you like, bake them in the oven. They taste like potato. Right. And that and the same serving. Remember, a medium potato is 33 grams of sugar. Uh, The same serving of radishes is five grams of sugar. And I'm not starving. So I told Dr. Rose and I said, I'm not starving. Right. I said, I am. And then she was zeroing in on. Okay. So in the beginning, I ate a lot because I'm a quantity eater. So I was eating 18 eggs a week. Yes. I had a Costco card. I had to take out a Costco card. The amount of bacon and eggs I was eating, like the joke in the house was, oh my God, there's only one carton of eggs left. Mom's going to freak. Right. Or there's only two packs of bacon. We better do a Costco run. Right. Yeah. So my doctor zeroed in on you're eating how many eggs, 18 eggs a week and what two packs of bacon. Okay. I've got to look at your cholesterol. And she goes down the, after she's just complimented me on my blood sugars. She looks at my, um, um, cholesterol and she's like, and she's scratching her head. She, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand your cholesterol. And you've been eating this way for how long? Eight months. She's like, wow. wow. It was totally normal. Normal. My creatine levels with the amount of protein I was eating, normal. My, uh, I forget which LLD fat, there's a good one and a, my good and my bad one was fine. My good one was great. She was like, just shocked, you know? And she just said, you know, she makes me cry. I'll tell you why. Now, you know, seven and a half years in when I go see her now for my yearly, and I've lost 145 pounds since then. She high fives me and she says, Louisa, you have taught me something. That's nice. 
Yeah, that's good. To hear a practitioner give me a compliment like that. She's a very well-known doctor um, and works out of one of our top um, Mount Sinai here in Toronto. To hear her say that I've taught her something is amazing. Absolutely. Because the first few years, she was still trying to see if my numbers, every time I went in for that checkup, she would, and she'd be, that cholesterol still bang on, right? Like, mm-hmm. It was, you know, it, it, because it was going contrary to what she knew as a medical professional. Right. And what I was doing with my body, right? So what happens is naturally with this way of eating, I'm going to shock you now. Yeah, I was eating enormous quantities of eggs and bacon and roast beef and chicken and fish. I now, for the last three years, have been intermittently fasting. Okay. Yeah, because what happens naturally, almost like the intuitive eating that some people are teaching, A, my body started to be full. It knew what fullness really felt like, right? Yeah, I ate till I was satiated. So if it took 18 eggs, I was going to eat 18 eggs, right? Because it didn't have any sugar in it. So it wasn't going to spike my blood. If I was going to eat an entire roast chicken, I ate it. Right. But over time, first of all, it's almost like a resetting of learning when you're full. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, I read most of us and many of my uh, current clients and my past clients, when they fall, because we all fall, including myself, and it gets ugly when I do, right? Because our carb addiction doesn't go away. We just manage it, right? right? Absolutely. But what happens is you feel better when you start to eliminate the bad carbs into our bodies, right? Um, the bloating goes away, the inflammation, um, the feeling, you know, when you've like ordered in and you're going at it with the potatoes and, you know, all the carb rich stuff that we order, the Chinese food, the rice, yeah. the noodles. Right. And then you're like, you eat till you're like, oh, I can't eat another bite. Right. Right. And you go put it away. But what happens in two hours? Why? Right. What? What? You're hungry again. You go, you go to the fridge. And right. I'll tell you why. It's because carbohydrates, we, we, we all as a nation eat enormous quantities. Uh, to be honest, our bodies, what I've learned, our bodies are not equipped to handle the amount of carbohydrates we're throwing down our throat. Right. And so it spikes our blood. Mm-hmm. It, it spikes our, our sugar levels. And for those that are uh, not diabetic, um, our bodies, well, both diabetics and non-diabetics, we use the sugar and carbs equals sugar. Okay. I'm going to say it right here. Carbs equals sugar. So even though somebody says it's a potato, it's not sweet, it's carbs, it's sugar. When we eat foods with sugar, we get that spike, you know, that happy feeling and the addiction and the, the attraction to carbs and the addiction that we have to them is as strong as a cocaine addiction, alcohol addiction. It is. Wendy, if I asked you right now to let go of eating potatoes, pasta, rice, and bread tomorrow, would you do it? I'd have to wean myself. <laughs> you know? It's hard. It's it hard. hard. It's I can't hard. cold turkey. No, it's hard. Um, it is hard yeah. because it's all wrapped up too. Food soothes us. It's wrapped yes. up in memories, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's all wrapped up with our favorite foods from our different cultural backgrounds, right? And, 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 and we, ha- we derive such pleasure when we bite into that potato latke, right? Oh, or, sure. you know what I mean? Like, 
or when I, when I bite into freshly baked bread, cause I'm of Italian background or new like pasta. Right. So pizza, my mother's homemade pizza. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's all wrapped up in memories. Um, it's wrapped up in the feeling we get, but let me tell you what happens when you're eating all those carb high carb foods, your body uses it for energy, obviously like a car needs gas. We need food, right. but when you put carbs into a body, We consume what we have to. And like I just said earlier, we all eat more carbs than we should. Where does the remaining fuel go that we didn't consume? On our hips. Right. I was going to say my butt. (laughs) Our our butt, our thighs, our stomach, bloating, the face, everywhere. So, you know, and then we also get hungry because we get that spike. And even at work, you know. You have your lunch and then at two o'clock, you're like yawning and you're like, oh, I got to go get a muffin or a cookie or something, right? With my coffee. Right. And, and so we're in a cycle of continuous eating till we're bursting. Right. Feeling good because the dopamine's going off and we're eating our favorite addictive foods. And then two hours later, when we've burnt past whatever the body needed to function, right. uh, it wants more. It's this vicious cycle. The more carbohydrates you eat, the more carbohydrates you want. Oh my gosh. Potato chips. You think I can finish just, do you think that I could just eat two potato chips and walk away from a bowl? Oh gosh. No, no, me neither. No, no, absolutely not. So I've learned a lot. I've learned, I'm going to give you a stat and I teach this in my, I have a retreat coming up, by the way, let me do a plug here. Uh, I've got a, a free seven day retreat coming up. It starts Monday, September 13th. And we can provide, uh, you know, how to um, uh, register for that. But what I teach there and what I talk about is, and I give you some shocking numbers, a female, uh, an adult female should be eating about 98 grams of sugar, carbs, carbs, sugar, right? Mm -hmm. And an adult male should be eating 108 grams of sugar slash carbs. Okay. So let's, let's think about this. Oh, a healthy uh, breakfast of oatmeal. That's about uh, 40 grams of sugar. A banana, that's 28 grams. That's already 68 grams of sugar. That's just breakfast. Uh, And you might have a glass of orange juice because, you know, orange juice is like, you know, it's healthy, right? That's another 40 grams of sugar. So 40, 40 is 80 plus 28, 108 grams of sugar right off the bat, eating a healthy, what we call, a healthy breakfast. What is it? It's oatmeal. Right. It's a banana. And what did I say? Oh, an orange juice. Right. You just shot your entire day's worth of carbs right there. So do you like, and this was mind blowing to me when I was learning all this. And that's from the American Heart Association. That is the recommended amount of carbs that an adult male and female should eat. Right. I wish the people listening could hear your, could see your face. Cause we're doing a zoom call here. Right. right. I'm, I'm in shock. Right. I ate a banana today. I thought I was like rock star healthy. 28 you know, grams of I sugar. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's, it's astonishing. Listen, I instinctively knew though, when my children were born that I was not going to give them juice and I had fights with my family. Oh, you're a horrible mother. You're not giving your children juice to drink. I didn't, and you know, I didn't do it. You just heard me say that a glass of orange juice has 40 grams of sugar. Give them the Coke. A can of Coke has 40 grams of sugar. 
Right. What's the difference to your body? Tell you right now, the body doesn't know the difference between Coke sugar or orange juices sugar. It just wants the sugar. Oh my God. Right. And think about how many oranges you have to squeeze. I instinctively gave my children when they were young, the orange to eat or the apple, as opposed to the juice. Right. Right. Because it made more sense. At least you're getting the fiber out of the fruit Mm -hmm. and the juice you're squeezing what six to eight oranges to get that juice. Right. Right. And you're tossing out the fiber. So, you know, it was just my journey to understanding the chemistry of what happens when you eat. Um, And so the flip side, so let me explain what happens when you start to choose alternatives, right? When you start to have the baked radish as opposed to the potato. Um, And when you go on this lower carb lifestyle, I'm telling you, the fat melts off you. I always joke, you eat fat to lose fat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat that. You eat fat to lose fat. Who would have thought, because that turns our entire understanding of diet, and I'm going to say that awful word, on its head. And that's why it also flips the food guide on its head. If you've ever seen the food guide in our countries, most countries have the grains, right? the, you know, like the cereal grains, like it's all on the top. Yeah. And there's so much of it. And then, of course, the meat and the oil and it's down at the bottom. I flipped it. I flipped that food guide. And what I eat most of is the proteins and the good fats and the lower carb vegetables. Spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, zucchini. There's no shortage. It's just learning. And this is for college students because I know I'm going to tie in now your theme of coffee (laughs) and college. All right. First of all, for um, the students that, um, you know, a lot of them gain weight when they start going to college, right? Um, And I got to tell you something too, because we've become a society that opens a can of peas, opens a can of corn, we're eating very, um, those are by by the way, the highest sugar uh, vegetables out there. Peas, corn, and carrots are the highest, along with beets, right? We seem to focus very much on potatoes, sweet potatoes, peas, corn, carrots, and beets. But most kids nowadays are not aware of the delicious, so many of other, such a variety of delicious vegetables out there. But we go to these ones because they're easy and they're convenient, right? But nowadays, eight years ago, there were no low carb options I would be hard pressed to find uh, zoodled uh, zucchini in place of right. pasta. Right. But I got to tell you, things have changed in the la- you know since I started eight years ago. Costco has an amazing section of low carb keto uh, products and foods. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, someone the other, one of my clients the other day said, "Oh my God, I I had a burger and I I shouldn't have gone to the you know drive through." And I said, "All you had to do was ask them to wrap it in lettuce." Yeah. Eight years ago, the chef from I was in a, uh, a Burger King and the guy in the back came out and said, because I had asked for my burgers, I, I ordered two, two burgers loaded. And I said, I don't want the bun. And they put it in a platter and they gave me my fork and knife. And the guy, the short order cook came out and said, is everything OK? Now, yes. this is eight years ago. Of course, nowadays, as soon as I pull up to a, a fast food place, they know 
Yeah. I, I'm on a, I'm, I'm eating keto. Can you please wrap my three burgers in lettuce? Absolutely, ma'am. They're used to it wow. now. Wow. Right. So it's, it's creative solutions that I give to people. Mm-hmm. I still go to, to take out, but I, instead of potatoes, I get, if I'm really hungry, I'll eat three burgers with cheese, with everything on it. Yeah. Quarter pounders. I can down three quarter pounders. No problem. Just yeah. wrapped in bacon, but I'm so full. Like I, to, to go back to what I was saying earlier, when you flip the switch and you remove from your lifestyle, the higher carb foods, right. And you start giving your body a, you start to learn. We were talking about that cycle of hunger that comes from carbs. Yeah. So meat doesn't create the hunger in you. Neither does lower carb uh, options like spinach. You, you know, have you ever had the spinach salad, raw spinach, and they put boiled eggs in there. Yeah. Uh, do you know that spinach raw has zero carbs in it? I didn't know that. You can have, I don't know how much spinach you can eat, but you can have an entire platter of spinach Wow! with boiled eggs, which have zero carbs in it with cheese that has zero carbs in it. What? Imagine, I mean, this is quantity, right? So learning how to eat that way slowly over time and with some, it happens quicker. You start to learn I'm full. Yeah. And then you start to say, why am I eating breakfast? Because society says you have to eat breakfast at 7 a.m. or 8. And then why am I eating a snack? Because society says at 10 o'clock, if you're hungry, have a snack. And, and then, sorry, um, I was on low battery. Uh, and then you're also told, oh, you got to eat lunch at 12, right? But yeah. I started realizing I don't want to eat breakfast. I don't want the bacon and the eggs anymore because I'm not hungry. Eating good fat, protein and low carb, you're full longer. Mm-hmm. I wake up now. I'm still full from the night before. Yeah. So I started thinking, I'm going to wait to see when I'm full, when I'm hungry. Like I'm, I'm not going to eat breakfast because I'm not hungry. And then, you know, lunchtime comes and it's like, well, I'm not hungry. So I'm not going to eat lunch. I can now go all day. I've reset my body. Yeah. And you're talking to a person that thought about food 24 okay. seven. Do you know how much more productive I am now? Because I'm not thinking about food. Yeah. Yeah. Are, I don't know if any of your listeners are like this, but when I was eating a meal, I couldn't even enjoy it because right. I was thinking of my next meal. Guilty. Yeah. You know, like you're not even enjoying the moment, right? Wendy. Yep. Because you're thinking you're such a glutton for this food. You're shoving it down as fast as you can because you're in a hurry to finish it to eat more of it and you're and I'm already thinking about I'm having you know uh I'm having fried chicken from you know Kentucky fried chicken with the potatoes and the coleslaw and the bread and this and I'm already thinking oh what am I going to order for dinner what am I going to order like yeah yeah to be released from this I'm so free I I can't describe to you the freedom I have to do other things now. I was always cooking or ordering or thinking of what I was going to cook or thinking about what I was going to eat. I had no time to do stuff. Even when I lay me down to sleep and I would think I'm going to go on a diet tomorrow. I'm going to eat this and I'm going to eat that, you know, and I would package everything up. My thoughts were always about food. Right. Constantly. And now, I mean, I used to be very envious of coworkers who would walk in at like one o'clock in the kitchen at work. 
oh my God, I forgot to eat. Right. I, I felt like right. taking the, the, the knife I was slicing my, my food with and stabbing them, right? Like, seriously, you're not thinking about eating? Like, are you kidding me? Right. I'm now that, I'm now that person. Wow. Because I couldn't fathom that you're not thinking about what you're going to eat. Like, what do you mean you forgot to eat? How is that possible? Right. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So yeah. you lost 50 pounds in eight yeah. months. Yeah. When yeah. did you lose the, the rest of that weight? Well, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is like um, that you always lose a lot in the first initial, you know, whenever you change your lifestyle. And I'm sure it's true for you if you've dieted. Right. You do. You know, and and, and the thing is that that was a good loss. It should have been 40 pounds. I got to tell you, you know, but 50 is good. So overall, and I lost the, the remaining was 20 pounds a year, right? If you average out, if you take 140 pounds and you, and I, and seven years, over seven years, which is what I did, the average is 20 pounds a year. Yeah. The average is 1.5 pounds a month. Yeah. The average is three quarter pounds a week. Mm Mm-hmm. When you break it down like that, because everybody's always in a hurry. Oh, I got to lose 10 pounds. Oh, I only lost five pounds last week. Heck, that's okay. Yeah. Why are you in such a rush? Exactly. Right? The only reason I dumped so much is because initially most people will have, like, I have a client who joined me um, on August 1st. And in the first month, she's already dropped like 11, 12 pounds. Right. Right. Because your body's like, whoa, what's going on here, right? You've totally changed the way you're eating. And she went hardcore, right? She's excited. Mm -hmm. She's bumped. Um, So, you know, and, and, but no, but after that, and and you also, um, you know, your listeners can't see me, but you can, right? So, I mean, like, um, I don't look haggard. I don't look like I have uh, hanging skin um, because I, I, I did it very nicely and consistent, consistently. And don't forget, I, I needed to get that hip surgery done. So I kind of had to, they wouldn't do the operation without me losing, you know, some good amount of weight. And, and so I did get that surgery, by the way. And, and I did um, end up uh, tossing that cane out the window, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it, it is quite the journey. And the, the other thing that I wanted to speak on is that um, my husband, who's a diabetic, Um, so going back to what I said about medication and graduating to more and more. So my husband, um, two years ago was up to 16 pills a day, right? He was diagnosed his diabetes. Well, and, and the complications that come from being along. Okay. Okay. That's he, yeah, he was diagnosed, uh, 24 years ago when I was pregnant with my first child, right? He was put on met for four pills, metformin, right? Two in the morning, two at night. Anyway. 20 years in, he's on 16 pills, eating crappy. Mm. Uh, He's proud of me, but not buying into my way of life here until me and the children, you know, the children and I had a little sit down and a little intervention. And he was told that you are now going to become one of her clients and she's going to, mom's going to give you a discount. My son said, right. Uh, And he was kind of forced into this lifestyle. Of course, now he loves it. Um, But And you know why? Because his kidney was starting to fail. So um, most diabetics, uh, you lose 1% of EFGR kidney function a a year. So you lose 1% a year. He was losing 1% a month. So his kidney function was at 35%. 
mine as a, uh, what do you call it? I reverse diabetes. I'm not even considered a diabetic now. I'm six and a half years into not taking any medication. My kidney function is 99%. My doctor and I always high five when we look at my kidney function, yeah. right? But my husband was at 35% two years ago. Uh, we regenerated it. He's now at 49% and he's on eight pills a day, not 16. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you can heal yourself, Wendy, through food. And let me tell you something else. Now I'm going to tie coffee into this. So the college kids, right? You can eat better. You know, yeah. you can, you can incorporate, incorporate healthier choices at college. It's hard. I know, but I know that many of the, the kids that hang out with my son and daughter are always complaining about college food and how terrible they eat, popping yep. open cans. But if you can pre-plan a little bit, even college kids can do this. Absolutely. And, you know, and so the thing with coffee is that every morning now, or even mid-morning, because remember, I wake up not hungry. I have what's called bulletproof coffee. What is that? And it's the most delicious. It's like a milkshake, Wendy. It is. I get a blender out. I put 12 ounces of Starbucks coffee, Pike. Mm -hmm. I love Pike. Me too. And then I, okay. And then I add a tablespoon of butter and then I add heavy whipping cream and then I give it a whirl mm -hmm. and the butter and the cream froth this coffee up and it is just the most delicious thing in the world. I mean, it's like a milkshake, a coffee milkshake. And I had a client who didn't uh, hear me say that you had to blend it. So the butter was melting in there with the cream and she had this oil slick on top of this thing and she's trying to drink it. And she's like, Ugh. she ended up liking it till about two months later. I said, you know, I love blending. And she says, well, blend I'm supposed to be blending it. <laughs> and, and now she loves it even more, but um, because the good fats in there, which are the, the um, you can use coconut, but uh, coconut cream, you can use coconut oil, MCT oil, butter, cream. It keeps you full right? The yeah. coffee with the cream. And when I want it sweet, I sometimes add like Tarani, um, it's the syrup they serve at Starbucks, right? You know, a couple of shots of that, but it's it, the good, when you have good fat in your body, it keeps you full. Yeah. You're satiated. You're not going and looking for, uh, scrounging around for a cookie or whatnot. So a lot of my clients, we all fall by the way, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And I tell you, it is bad. Um, you know, um, I, I, I do fall every so often and, and, and the summer, right? Like my clients, we, I meet with them three times a week oh, because uh, we meet Fridays for 15 minutes, quick touch point going. It's a huddle. I call it the going into the weekend huddle, mm -hmm. right? We huddle like a football team. Okay. What's going on? Oh my God. You're going to a barbecue. What are we going to do? Okay. Here's my solution. Bring your own cake, bring your own, this, uh, uh dump the burger, the burger bun, eat the burger, whatever. Right. Right. And then we also have a touch point coming out of the weekend, right? Smart. 15 minutes, smart. quick huddle with my clients. Okay. What happened? Oh my God. You ate the bun too. Oi. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Wasn't it good going down, but it was bad coming back up. Right. Okay. Right. So, yeah. because what happens when you have this lifestyle after a while, your body rebels, it may have tasted good because like, um, when I fall, the last time I fell was about a month and a half ago. I come home from a night out with the girls. I eat my way. I'm feeling good. I come home and on the kitchen counter is a pizza box. One of my favorite foods is pizza. Mm -hmm. And I open it and I'm like, 
put my hand on my heart and I'm like, I use my own, you know, my own uh, mechanisms that I teach others. Put your hand on your heart, breathe in and out and say, I don't need that, you know? And I did that three or four times, right? And then I gave myself the excuse that I had to go get some water, right? And on the way to get the water, I lifted that box again. And it was those four pieces that were left over were gone. Yeah. Down my throat faster than you can, you know, I was shoving, I, I, I was like a mad woman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Binge eating, been there. Yeah. Right. And then when you're about eight years in like me, your body reacts yeah. and it ain't happy. <laughs> the sweating, I start to get the sweats and, and that tells you just how, you know, the reaction that your body has to carbs. Right. Do you know that your body doesn't need carbs to, to, for, for fuel? It, it gets all the fuel it needs from the keto and low carb lifestyle. The but vegetables I eat. Yeah. Give it the fuel. And by the way, have you heard of the term ketosis? Yeah, I have. Right. I don't know so, much about it. Well, ketosis is how you lose weight. You need to be in the state of ketosis to lose weight. The state of ketosis is when your body needs to burn fuel mm -hmm. and it goes looking for, and typically carb eaters, right. it goes looking for the carbs, right? And it will burn the carbs first. Okay. And the excess carbs get packed on. The ketosis happens when you're not giving your body enough carbohydrates to burn. So the body says, I got to burn something, <laughs> right? Right. And it starts to burn your body fat. Oh, and so going into the state of ketosis is burning your body fat. That's why I say eat fat to lose fat. Because right. when you eat a high carb, all these uh, programs that tell you, oh, you know, eat your carrots and eat your peas, just don't put butter on them and all that. Well, you know what you're giving your body? The carbs it wants. Those you're not putting vegetables have sugar? Peas, corn, and carrots are very high in sugar right? So when you're eating those with, uh, let's say you're having a shepherd's pie, right? Shepherd's pie, minimal protein, right? When you buy a frozen shepherd's pie, it's usually very little meat, tons of the potato on top, right. corn, peas, and carrots, and right. you might have some garlic bread with it. And you might have, um, you know, so sure. what you're giving, you know, what you're giving, and you can buy a light meal, you know, those frozen diet ones, mm -hmm. you know, very low fat. There's no, oh, we cook the beef with no fat, whatever but you know what you're giving your body? You're giving it the fuel it wants, the carbs. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to burn that first. And you go, and you, now you've heard, you've eaten more carbs than your body needs. So if all these programs out there, the low fat, cut your calories worked, why are we all looking to lose weight? Why are we all looking to feel healthier? If every diet we've ever been on worked, yeah, we'd all be healthier. Yeah. We as a society are getting sicker, actually. Yeah. We're not getting healthier. And I got to tell you, I feel better than I did even in my teens. Yeah. Even in my 20s. Like, oh, and by the way, Wendy, I've lost all this weight without any exercise. You just does that tell the right stuff. Does that tell you about what it takes to actually get healthier? Yeah. Yeah all that money I spent on like trainers at the gym. Cause I wanted to eat my cake and you know, everybody has this day. Oh, I'm going to go burn it off at the gym. Oh, if I just, if I just join the gym and do the exercise, it'll melt off. Right. Right. No, no, no. I spent thousands on, on trainers. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't know. Yeah. It was, um, 
it's because um, I was still giving the body what it wanted. And uh, the body was consuming the fuel, you know, consuming the carbs I was eating as fuel and the rest was packed on. Now I know why I was never successful. Right, right. I spent my entire, after we got married, my husband and I ate our way into obesity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and every time I went on these um, programs where it was, you know, oh, count your calories and count your fat, I was starving. Yeah. Because carbs don't satiate us. Mm-mm. They satiate us temporarily when we're bursting. Right. right. Oh, I'm so full. And, and then, then a couple of yeah, hours later, like you said, and finish it off. Right. So I drink bulletproof coffee just about every day. Wow. Every day. And that is my caffeinated start to my day. Oh my God. Um, that sounds good. And, and it does, it does like, I w- I'm going to send you the, I'm going to send you the recipe, Wendy, please. Um, you know, and you can share it with your listeners, but um, people like to put, it's, it's all about the coffee being blended with your favorite uh, good fat. Right. Yeah. So I, I really hope that people understand that it's not bad fat we're eating. Cause everybody has this misconception. Oh, keto. Yeah. They're eating fat, meat, bacon, eggs, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and so what you've got to, you know, what you've got to understand here is that we're eating good fat. Yeah. We're not eating margarine. We're not eating corn oil. We're not cooking our food in corn oil. I saute my, my, uh, broccoli, my zucchini, my red peppers, my onions, my mushrooms in coconut oil or butter or, um, olive oil. Yeah. Right. I eat avocado. Do you know that the vegetable avocado is so high in fat, good fat, that it's considered a fat and not a vegetable. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's considered a very good fat. Uh, a lot of my salads have a, a, a avocado. I'll have, so I went from eating, this is my, this was my typical, um, I started off eight years ago eating like this. Okay. Four to five eggs at breakfast with half a pack or more of bacon. Okay. Um, and, and, um, and then I would have a snack of uh, almonds and uh, cheddar cheese. And then lunch was half a roast chicken with a humongous salad with green peppers, onions, lettuce, spinach, uh, mushrooms, whatever. And then if I was still hungry, I went and ate the other half of the chicken. All right. So there goes a whole chicken at lunch. Uh, then um, I would have um, at, at uh, mid, if I was still hungry after that, I would probably have like uh, some whipped cream and berries for uh, an afternoon snack. Right. Then when I got home, I would have a roast beef that I had put in the, um, in the uh, slow cooker there, you know, cause when I left to work, when I left to go to work in the mornings, I would put that in, I would put a brick of butter in there, the entire brick of butter into the pot roast, into the slow cooker with about a half a cup of wine and some water, some spices and let it cook all day. I would have that roast as much as I wanted of that roast beef, as much as I wanted with green beans, broccoli, zucchini, another big salad. And then if I was still hungry later on, I don't have much of a sweet tooth. I like to have boiled eggs with mayonnaise on top for a snack, watching TV, right? Wow. But I don't eat that way anymore because the beginning phase of eating this way is eat till you're full. Yeah. Eat till you're full. And it stops you from going to eat the chips and the potatoes and the, you know, and so it was like, you can eat as many, as much as you want of these foods. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, those are all low carb foods. Mm -hmm. 
And it, I'm telling you, Wendy, the, the, the weight was coming off. And you know what we noticed right away too? The what? inflammation. So my wrist, I'll show it to you because we're on Zoom. I used to hide my wrist. I used to wear these big, huge bangles because I had no wrists. Okay. I had no wrists. I can see inflammation in people. Um, I never used to wear skirts because I didn't have a feminine ankle. Yeah. I had cankles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the circumference of my ankle was the same as my upper calf. It was. I had no, no feminine form, right? Yeah. I had a puffy face. I, I now have a few, che- I have cheekbones emerging, you know? Yeah. I didn't know I had cheekbones, right? Um, and so the inflammation like goes away. Um, and I know I said earlier that I did, did, I did all this weight loss, 140 pounds of it with no exercise. And I am not lying. I'm very lazy. So it's a great way of losing weight or getting healthier for people who have a, an aversion to physical activity. But this last year, because of COVID and I didn't have to commute to work because I am working from home, I've started to exercise. Oh, wow. And you know what's happened now? What? I've become smaller. I'm toning. Oh, wow. I'm toning. So sometimes I don't lose pounds when I weigh myself, but when I measure myself, I've lost an inch. That's awesome. Because um, if you look at a picture of five pounds of um, fat and five pounds of muscle, yeah, right? Muscle takes up less space in our body. So I'm now getting some muscle. That's awesome. And I love it. For a lazy person who doesn't like exercise, that's motivating me now. Yeah. The motivation is measuring myself and saying, oh my God, my forearm here. Is this the forearm here? I think I've lost an inch and a half. By the way, I've lost six inches off each thigh. No way. Yeah. And I've lost my, my waist was a 44. It's now a 32. I lost 12 inches off my waist. I've lost like over the span of seven and a half, eight years. Oh my goodness. Uh, It's, it's been a journey. Wendy, it's been, it's been a journey really. And what I'm going to do is switch off this because my battery's at 7%. Okay. Here we go. I'm just going to and just make sure that I have battery left so that my phone doesn't, uh, you know, can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, you know, it's been a journey. And so the way I, I was helping people, I was just helping people. People would come to me and say, Oh my God, look at you. Like, what did you do? Um, and, and I started helping like friends, you know, and then friends were referring me to other friends. Um, I I just posted on my Facebook the other day, one of my very first clients, Andrea Marchant, who's a local person. Um, you should see how fabulous she looks. You know, I put pictures of her before and after I get testimonials from people because they're so happy. And I'll tell you what, Wendy, anybody who's listened to me on a podcast or has been in one of my retreats, I get, I get DMS all the time from people saying, your voice is in my head at the grocery store. Ah. I put down potato and I picked up the radishes instead, right? That's like, awesome. I made a list here as you were talking. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's, uh, and, you'll, and I invite any of your listeners to, to pop into the retreat and I do them every seven to eight uh, weeks. I do them on, a, on a, like a two month cycle. My last one was in uh, July and now I'm doing another one in September. My next one will be in November. But I'm just so, even if people don't sign up to be part of my program, they have learned a thing or two. 
Yeah. I know that because they keep texting me saying your voice is in my head. I can't get you out of there. Awesome. And if there's anything, people start to realize just how many carbs. One yeah. of my talks in my retreats is one day is dedicated to the hidden sugar in all our food. Right. <sighs> the hidden sugar, like, you know, two slices of bread is 28 grams of sugar. You know what I mean? Um, uh, a bagel, uh, bagels are 53 grams of sugar. Right. You know, so yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so when you, when you hear me say that roughly an adult, whether you're male or female should be eating about a hundred grams of sugar. Do you see where we get where, and it's not our fault, right? Right. It's not our fault. I used to blame myself when I couldn't lose weight, Same. you know, you yeah. angry and don't you, and then you give up. Well, what, to heck with this. Right. Right. Oh. Right. I'm sure that most of your listeners have done that. You're not, and do you see why you're not shedding the weight? Why you're not getting healthier? Right. Yes. You, you, you take the time. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I would broil my chicken and boil my rice and it was tasteless because yeah. you're supposed to strip all fat, you know, cut all the fat off your steak. Right. right? Um, and, and I still wasn't. And, and then I can, I can understand why people give up. You're eating tasteless you know, food. My dad would say it tastes like a piece of wood. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't want to eat that. It tastes like a piece of wood. Um, yeah. you know, and so, and now I eat food with fat on it. I yeah. do. I eat a steak. I put a nice pat of butter on it. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, and then of course I've got my friends in the <clears> beginning <throat> saying, I don't understand how you're losing weight when you've just put two pats of butter on a tremendously huge 12 ounce porterhouse, you know, or T-bone steak. I don't get it. And they're of course ordering their salad and please hold the, the dressing and, you know, yes. just hold this and don't give me this. And I'm like, bring it all on. Right. Right. So it works. It does work. Um, you know, uh, so if, if your listeners have any questions, sure. Um, I would like to post when I post your podcast, I obviously mm -hmm. want to include your before and after. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the link to this upcoming seven day retreat that begins on September 13th, because um, it, it's just, I'm, my mind is blown because, you know, you think you're having, like you said, when you gave that example about the oatmeal, the banana, yeah. maybe a little cut glass of juice, right. you think you're doing it and you're following everything great but you just had your whole day of sugar and carbs and what are you going to yeah. eat for the rest of the day? Right. Well, and you can see why you're not shedding the weight though. Right. Right. I, it didn't, you know, when I joined uh, a particular program that makes you weigh in every week, I won't name it. Okay. I, I quit because I was following the, the points and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was ashamed to go in because they were going to weigh me and I gained three pounds that week. Yeah. Right. You know, it, 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 yeah. it's shameful. I don't ask any of my clients what they weigh. They can tell me if they want. Right. And you tell me because they want me to keep them accountable. So that's fine. Right. Good. Um, but um, it's not about the scale. I'm telling you, I have never felt better. The energy I have now from eating. And the other thing is that, yeah, so carbs give you energy. Sure. At the beginning, you know, when you right. first eat them and then what happens? The slump. Oh, mm -hmm. like. I am on fire all day long Yeah. from the minute I wake up 
Then I have my, my cop, my, my bulletproof coffee. I'm like a energizer buddy. Right. And to think, Hey, I also have Muslim clients. So I fast with them the whole month of Ramadan and it is effortless for me. I lost eight pounds this past June during the Ramadan this year. Right. Cause I was leading a group trying to show them because they actually end up gaining weight when they're doing that month of uh, fasting. Right. Sure. Sure. You know, they break their fast with dates. Each date has five grams of sugar. They're breaking their fast with 10 dates. That's like uh, 50 grams of sugar right there. So, you know, and so I was eating once a day, but that was already normal for me. So, you know, <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. So it's just, um, I'm always teaching, showing people um, that it's possible. Good. Now it's not for everyone. I get that. But yeah. most people walk away saying I'm eating less high carbs because of what I've learned. Yeah. If, if they don't go full on keto or low carb, that's okay. But they are making better choices because in my accountability, so remember I said I have Friday and Monday, I buffer mm-hmm. the weekend because the weekends are where we, you know, yes, where we get into a little bit of trouble. But I, we also have a one hour accountability session. And we do a lot of like, in, you know, setting intentions, we, we don't talk about the weight loss so much as, as and when we all fall, like I did with the pizza, everybody says when we get back on track, just that feeling of lightness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Not bloated, not dealing with inflammation. Um, you know, one of my clients moved her child into college. So she fell off track. She was in restaurants half the time. She she was, you know, she was like not thinking that I can order this without this. And she was just kind of, she fell off. She yeah. said, Louisa, I couldn't wait to come back home after dropping my child off at college just to get back on track. She says, I felt terrible. Sure, sure. Right? Um, and so this way of eating resolves, by the way, my former clients and current ones, um, fatty liver. So they tell you not to eat fat, right? When you have a fatty liver wrong yeah <laughs> it's the carbs that are making it fat not the fat wow. so it resolves keto low carb lifestyle resolves fatty liver eczema um bloating inflammation um one of my clients has avoided surgery uh you can reverse diabetes or you can also cut down the amount of medications you're on when you're doing this lifestyle and i think i gave you a pretty clear understanding of why the cycle carb eating eliminating high carb foods it's not no carbs Mm -hmm. it's making a wiser choice there's always an option even for mashed potatoes there is an option you uh it's a head of cauliflower mash it throw in butter throw in heavy cream cheese green onions you got your mashed potatoes amazing amazing so, and it's delicious by the way okay. yeah so I hope that I gave some insight to did. I've know. been taking notes it's phenomenal oh are my you God. gonna come to my retreat I, I would, I would really love to what time is it is it in the evening um, well I you know what Wendy um I've got like New Zealanders Australians you know it's hard with all these things yeah. Uh, I'm going to do the Monday to Thursday. I'm doing it, it at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And then the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to flip it to 12 noon. Oh, so perfect. that way, 
yeah. you know, it, it kind of, it, it, because I'm, you know, it, it is going like my last retreat, the biggest retreat I had, I had over a hundred people in it. And I had, I think 30 US states represented. I had New Zealand, Australia, uh, UK, Ireland, uh, Bali, Thailand, like <laughs> people were coming from all over. And it just fills me with joy to know that what I'm learning, I'm, I'm, I'm giving to others. Yeah. Because yeah. no matter what culture you come from, yeah. every culture depends on high carb foods. Yeah. Because, but if you look at a hundred years ago, the way our forefathers lived, you, they were not dealing with obesity and diabetes and fatty livers, were they? No, because we have genetically modified foods. Right. We are a very sedentary uh, society. We yeah. do not go out into the fields as our forefathers did. We don't, we're not as physical, right? I just told you I'm lazy. You know, I wanted to lose weight. I didn't want to lift a finger. And I did. I lost weight without losing, without lifting a finger. But, right. you know, it's just yeah. that things have changed. And, and, and also many countries were poor. So potatoes and, and pasta was easy, rice, you know, was easy uh, and quick food to make, but you burnt it. You burnt it out in the fields doing physical labor, right? right. So we do live in a, in a very different time. And I think that there's higher rates of, you know, of everything. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And again, if modern programs worked, we should all be a thin or at least healthier society, right? Absolutely. And we're, and we're not. We are not. We are not. Oh, wow. So, you know, um, one little tidbit. When I went into the hospital to get my surgery. Yeah. A diabetic, right? Yeah. Okay. So I ticked off that. And this is going to demonstrate to you why the they have to follow what the country in which they operate, right? I'm in a, I'm in a government facility. I'm in a hospital. Mm -hmm. They bring me the diabetic, di uh, the diabetic breakfast, which consisted of two slices of whole wheat bread, not white, a pat of margarine, um, tea with uh, uh, sugar, not uh, sweetener, but sugar and skim milk, uh, which I don't take at all because milk has more carbs than cream, um, uh, apple juice, and um, a little Danish. Oh, wow. And I, and I, and I said, I want to talk to the diabetic. I wasn't going to eat it, but I said, I want to talk to the dietitian. I had a little tiff with her, but she has to toe the line. Right. She has to tell me this is a diabetic meal. It was portioned. It was measured. It, you know, uh, there's only 50 carbs in it. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, I'm not going to eat it. And yeah. so, but I, 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 I it, it's not their fault either. They have to follow the sure. The, the, the guide. And as a matter of fact, there's been a number of people that have come into my retreat that work in seniors residence. Yes. Think about what they give seniors, you know, dinner and, you know, peas. Okay. What's on the plate. There might be a few slices of roast beef, and then you've got a nice bit healthy portion of mashed potato. You got your peas, you got your corn, you got your bun, you got your banana, you've got your orange. Um, and by the way, by law, by law, the orange has to be a piece of fruit must be there. Um, there is like there, they have to. And if there's not fresh fruit, they must get a fruit cup full of that okay. syrup. Just, you know, oh so imagine, gosh. Oh my goodness. But imagine when these seniors home, many of them are diabetic or dealing with heart, you know, like health conditions. Mm -hmm. This is what we're feeding our seniors. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. But I, but you can't. But 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 until a government guidelines on what should be on that plate mm-hmm. change, yeah. they're constricted by this. They must put those foods on the plate. Whether I agreed, if I was working in a senior's home, whether I agreed or not, I have to put that. Sure. I'd be fighting to put the orange or the apple on that tray, but I got to put it right. 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 So understand the state of nutrition and why we are not as a society getting healthier. I know. I know. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So my mother snuck my food into the hospital when I was there. Yeah. I didn't eat any of the meals. I didn't eat any of the meals they sent me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you, Louisa, for taking time to, yeah. to really, I feel more educated in the hour I've spent with you oh, than you. in the last few years of trying to manage my weight. And like you yeah. said, when you go on a diet, there's the expectation of going on. Yep. And um, so that mindset, you're already setting yourself up for failure. I know. And it's so true. It, that right. resonated with me a hundred percent. So, yeah. okay. So listeners, when we post this, you're going to see pure inspiration, her before and after picture, and yeah. then the link to her free seven day retreat to inspire yeah. you and help you get healthier. Okay. So, and yeah. And, and if I may say they can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, it's at M way of eating. I forgot the why. So it's okay. at M, you know, M way of eating. They can find me on um, Facebook, uh, uh, Louisa Maroney, and you can just tell them how to spell that. Um, and uh, they can also, you know, on Facebook, just Google my way of eating and they'll probably find me. Okay. Because it's my way of eating can be your way of eating. I really love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, Wendy.